Second Samuel chapter 9 talks about David showing kindness to Mephibosheth. David said, Is there still anyone left from the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness on behalf of Jonathan? Now there was a servant from the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So they summoned him to David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? He replied, I am your servant. The king said, Is there no one else from the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Ziba responded to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is crippled in both feet. The king said to him, Where is he? Ziba told the king, He is at the house of Makir, the son of Amiel, at Lodeba. Verse 5. So King David sent for and brought him from the house of Makir, the son of Amiel, from Lodeba. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell upon his face and bowed down. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he responded, I am your servant. Verse 7, David said to him, Do not be afraid, for I will certainly show you kindness on account of Jonathan, your father. Underline that, on account of Jonathan, your father. I will return to you every field of Saul, your father, and you will eat at my table perpetually. Verse 8, he bowed low and said, what is your servant that you should be concerned for a dead dog like me? The king summoned Ziba, the servant of Saul, and said to him, all that belongs to Saul and all sorry, all that belonged to Saul and to all his house I give to the son of your master. You will work the ground for him. Your sons and your servants will bring him the produce so that the son of your master will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, the son of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons. Hallelujah. Seven <laughs> and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, Everything that my lord the king has commanded his servant, your servant will do. So Mephibosheth ate at the table of David like no one, like one of the sons of the king. Verse 12. Now Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah and who dwelled in the house of Ziba were the servants of Mephibosheth. Verse 13, so Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he ate continually at the table of the king. Now he was lame in both feet. This is not a story that is new to some of us. To others it is new. There was a young man who was a child in the royal family. But when catastrophe fell, when judgment fell on the house of Saul, they had to flee. And I believe it was Ziba who was trying to save 
Mephibosheth's life. One of the servants was trying to save his life. And in the, the process of running away, he dropped him and injured both feet. And that way he was crippled. But because there was a verdict over the house of Saul that every one of them should die, he stayed in hiding. My topic today is that sonship keeps lifting me. Sonship keeps lifting me. Sonship keeps lifting me. Here is a man who is in the wrong lineage. By favor, the present king was a friend to his father. But his grandfather before him had committed so much that had fallen on all of them. It had affected all of them. But a time comes when someone remembers that there must be someone from my friend's family that I can show favor to. King David calls Mephibosheth out on account of Jonathan. It wasn't his good looks, his reputation, or the wealth of his father that earned Mephibosheth a place at the table. It was the, the father's favor with the king. Jesus has a place at the table. He sits before the throne of God eternally. But he has told his father about a group of people in Deliverance Church. And he keeps telling the father, they must sit at the table with us. So the father is drawing you and I to the table on account of Jesus Christ. It's a very simple picture. Do the servants that are serving around the king's table have a right to kick Mephibosheth off the table? No. Even though he is lame in his feet. The Bible acknowledges his weakness, not only once, but twice. To say he wasn't qualified, or to say that it was odd, that this man would be given a free permit to sit at the king's table continually for the rest of his life. His address changes from Lodeba to Jerusalem, I think. Is it? Yes. His address changes. He lived in Jerusalem because, because he had to keep eating at the king's table. A friend of mine was making fun of a sermon that was preached. Not really making fun, but I think the person someone was saying, escape from Lodeba. And I had never heard the word Lodeba. There's a funny thing about me. I find sounds very funny. So I can really, really laugh. So, Lodeba. Eh? Lodwa. It sounds like Lodwa. Isn't it? So when I read this, I, I found it really interesting that he had been moved from that address because of the, the decree that, that the king had given that he will always sit at my table. And assigned the servant of his father to serve him and collect everything that was taken away from the family and restore it back to him. 
to feed his household but for him he will continually eat at the table i tend to believe that the holy spirit is ziba in you and i the holy spirit has been given to bring you to the table to make sure that everything concerning you is taken care of that's why he cries out in groans that cannot be explained for your salvation for your transformation for as many as have believed he has given them the right to be called sons of god so this sonship that has been given to you this sonship that has been given to me remember if mephibosheth denies to be denies being of the lineage of Saul he has no access at the table his access at the table is dependent on him accepting that I am actually a son of Jonathan. That I am actually a grandson of Saul. Your identity in Christ, your acceptance of your identity in Christ is part of what lifts you to the table. A lot of the things in your life disqualify you from even worshipping the Lord. The Bible describes most of our worship, if not all our righteousness, as filthy rags. And yet the Lord says, I search the earth looking for one that will give me pure worship. How is it that the king of kings, that the one who was wronged by the grandfather, is the one calling forth? Mephibosheth falls to his face, not as royalty, calls himself a dog. Everything within him tells him he is disqualified. Everything he has known only brings shame to him. I don't know if it was the lame feet or the poor reputation his grandfather had. Or the fact that his father died before he could even be king. Never really became king. Jonathan died without really taking on from Saul. And yet he is brought at the table because he is a son. The Lord Jesus is calling you to be a co-heir with him. This morning, we shared about... What did we share about in the morning? Hmm? The cross in you and in me. And we said that that cross, that work that it continues to do in you, is what makes you a son. It's what makes you a son. It's what brings you closer. It's what brings you closer to the throne of God. How many times have we disqualified ourselves, considered ourselves dogs, when we should be standing as sons? What kind of authority did Mephibosheth receive by, stand, by sitting at the table? Sitting at the table, Mephibosheth had the ear of the king. He had the ear of the king. He could sit at the table during breakfast, tell him about this one. You know, there's this guy who is always disturbing me. Who is that? We'll deal with him. Sitting at the table, he had access to choice food because the, the king's table, they didn't serve just, even if it was gizeri, it was super special gizeri. It was super special gizeri. The more you spend time in the presence of God, the better revelation you have of your life. 
the better understanding you have of your identity. The better direction you have of your purpose in life. Take your place at the table because it is sonship that will keep lifting you. It is that acceptance of his work in your life. It is the cross active and living in your spirit that will bring you to a place of real beauty. A place of real authority. A place where they say, I thought I knew this person, but I don't know this person. Why? Because there's transformation. I speak beautification in each of your lives. In the name of Jesus. That you will read your Bible and pick much more than you should have picked in a time back. That the word of God may dwell richly in you. That your spirit will be activated over and over again. To move you from the position of being a dog to being a son. To be served by people. Not because you qualify. But because the king ordered it. Because the king ordered it. That every favor the Lord has given to you. You will receive it. With the humility that Mephibosheth had. Sonship takes work. A friend of mine told me. Sonship is a privilege. Sonship is a privilege. Especially for those of us who have been adopted according to Romans 8. We have been adopted. We have been adopted into the family of God. I believe in families where you have an adopted child, they tend to work much harder for the favor of the father. They tend to act out much more. They do things extra. But a child of the home will be careless about his responses. He can afford. One time we, we traveled to my husband's, our home, his home. And uh, I don't remember what happened. But <laughs> he was very calm about it. Like, ah, it's okay. And then I told him, you know, for you, you can afford to be anything. Eh? The rest of us. We're still outsiders in good faith. But it brought to my attention that I am here, but I must know who I am. I must know who I am. I must treasure the privilege that I've been given. I must treasure the access that I've been given. If it means that I need to do my part, what is my part? My part is showing up at the table every day without fail. My part is being ready to meet the king every day without fail. Because you did not just come to the king empty-handed. You did not just come to the king casually. Esther was challenged. She had something to say to the king, but she had to prepare because it wasn't just the fact that she's the queen that would give her access. The king had to lift his scepter for her to have access. The same king that has given Mephibosheth that access can take it away. There's a lot that what God died, Christ died for you on the cross, an access that has been given to you. Can you not take it lightly? Let this sonship that you have received 
the sonship in your spirit, the sonship, the confidence always lifts you up to know, but I am a son. But the king said, I can come to the table. My legs are not straight, but I can come to the table. My lineage disqualifies me, but I can come to the table. This afternoon, are you there? Are you there? And one way or another, you feel disqualified. I pray that the Spirit of God within you, by which we cry, Abba, Father, will lift you up. Will lift you up and give you a place at the table. Will give you a place at the table to prevail over your enemies. To restore to you everything that you have lost. Not on account of your strength, but because the king has decreed. That Jesus' reputation will be the one that gives you access. That who Jesus is to the Father is the one that will give you access. Because now we become joint heirs with him. Ruling without shame. Ruling, making decrees and declarations. You have authority over your family. To stand up and say by the one who has placed me at this table. There will be no more gizeri on this table. There shall be beef and duck stew. <laughs> How many things are going on in your family that you're tired of? How many things are you... Are, you're just tired. You're like... Eh. For how long? Let the sonship of God within you give you authority to make declarations. Knowing that you do it on account of Jesus Christ who died for you. Knowing that you have authority by the one who died for you. You show up at that table. You make your plea to the king day and night. Don't take your access for granted. And now I pray that in this month of perfection, my brother will be coming to join me. But anyway, on a light note, as we just take time and meditate on God perfecting who we are in him, may we know who we are. May we know who we are. May we receive the gift that was given to us on Calvary. May we allow the work of the Spirit to bring out something worthy of the King. May He perfect His Word in us. That when you quote a scripture, it's not so much based on, eh, someone said, it is something that you believe with your heart. It is something that your heart has chewed on and you're oozing with faith. He said to the woman, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has set you free. Where is that Mephibosheth in this house? Where are you, O Mephibosheth, who has been forgotten, whose wealth and inheritance has been squandered? The Lord is calling you forth to come back to his table. He's calling you forth to come back to his table. Can I invite us to stand up? I'd like us to pray. I'd like us to meditate on that word.
if it has made sense to you, if it ministers to you, I want us to give some time in our spirit to just let that word sink. Just let that word sink within you. And say, Lord, you have called me to a place of sonship. What is the responsibility of a son? What is the responsibility of a son? It is to take back everything that the father owned. It is to take back everything, every wealth that was lost. It is to redeem and restore all that was lost. Is there something in your house, in your family, that you need to stand and say no? I want us to take time. I want you to take time this afternoon. And allow God to give you a place at the table on account of Jesus Christ. We need to conclude. But I want to tell us something profound. We are in the month of perfection. And Saul of Tarsus was walking, but walking blind. When the Lord encountered him, and his eyes were opened, though everything did not change at once, perfection began that day. And tonight, I know you are walking in your business, you are walking in your marriage, you are walking in that direction. But I feel there is a grace from heaven tonight. To commit every imperfection to the one who alone can bring perfection. Mephibosheth was almost blind. He didn't know where the life was going. But David intervened. Today Jesus can intervene. And the direction of events can change. So I want us to make a twofold prayer. I will invite pastor to commit the church to perfection. Just to ask the Lord, Lord, perfect your people. Then after that, there will be different areas. We will just generalize in wisdom in the interest of time. But there will be different areas. We will tell the Lord, Lord, come through and bring perfection. I don't know if you are understanding what I am saying tonight. There can be a walk. There can be labor. There can be job. There can be marriage. There can be a business. But if scales are still in your eyes, because the Lord is yet to come through for you. You will not know perfection. Let's be on our feet if we can. Thank you, Lord. I know you're tired. But it's going to commit the church to perfection. Then after that, we can now look at the rest of the things in Jesus' name. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is what it says. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter stood before a congregation that had witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus. 
and some of them had participated in the crucifixion of Jesus. And he made an announcement about the same Jesus that was taken to the cross. And he said, it's the one that now God has made, both Lord and Christ. He is the one that you and I believe in. He is the one that holds all things together. Nothing can exist without him. Your entire being cannot exist without him. Because again it is in him according to Acts 17:28. The same Jesus who was crucified, who is now the Lord and the Messiah, the Christ. In other words, the only one that the entire world needs because the Messiah is a savior. Today the entire world is looking for a savior. It's looking for solutions to the economic and social problems that they are facing. They will not find one except in him. Christ Jesus. That's the one you believe in. And I believe that's why you came. Before I pray, I felt I need to remind you that the same Jesus that was crucified by human beings and they thought they are finished with him. Instead, God raised him and declared him Lord and Messiah. That's the one you believe in. There is no one else who is seated on the throne except him. Who is Lord and Messiah. Together with the Father in heaven. And he is there on your behalf and my behalf. So your needs are well taken care of. Your life is secure in him. All that you need is to saleda. I like what my sister said, saleda. We find it difficult to saleda. And you wonder why we find it difficult to saleda, yet we are so needy. Medibosheth settled and saledaed everything. He didn't go to David claiming, you took power from my father. My father died because of you. No. He knew he was needed and he needed help and he has found favor. He behaved. We are being called to understand that so that we don't misuse the privilege that we have. By living carelessly. Because one of the problems that the church is facing today is careless living. And taking things for granted. Praise God. Even as we pray, please understand, there is need for you to surrender. It's good to come for miracle service every Sunday. While I was seated there, I remember the story of the 5,000 people that the Lord fed. And the following day, 
they went to look for him. And he told them, I know you are not looking for me because you need me. You are not looking for me because of my love or my presence. You are looking for me because of the bread that you ate yesterday. And I failed to ask ourselves, why do we come every evening on Sunday? Are we coming for a miracle? Or are we coming for him? Let me tell you, it's more important to come for him than to come for, them, for what he can give you. Because when you have him, then you have more than a miracle. But if you be coming for the miracle, then every week you'll be in need of one. And you find yourself chasing after one. Can we chase after him? Are we willing to chase after him? Are we willing to spend our time chasing after Jesus? Not things. I know we need things. But we don't have to chase them. Brethren, and I repeat, you do not need to chase wealth. You do not need to chase a husband. You do not need to chase a wife. You do not need to chase, to chase money. It's all set for you. It's there waiting for you like Medibosheth. The king has taken leadership. And the right king has taken leadership. Who has a relationship with your late father. You now, you're not just an orphan. You have a king who has received you. Adopted you. To eat at his table. Praise the Lord. I want to encourage you. Even if you go home now without anybody laying his heart on you. Please. Having him and knowing him and knowing that he loves you the way that you are is more important than calling a load of blessings upon your, your hand. Praise the Lord. Let's change our attitude. Let's start chasing after Jesus. It is his presence that is more important than the miracles that we receive. Brethren. Amen. Let me pray. Father in heaven, lift up your hands to Jesus. We want to thank you for Jesus. The one who was crucified on our behalf. Who is Lord and Messiah. The one that we need more than anything else on this earth. Jesus with humility we come before you. And we acknowledge that you are Lord and King. And there is no one else in our lives. We've been challenged to surrender all. Lord, we come with this desire to give up everything that we have and we own so that we can receive you in totality. We declare that you are more important, Lord, than the needs that has brought us here this evening. You are more gracious, everlasting Redeemer, than anything that we have ever desired on earth. Lord, 
As we lift your name on high. And submit to your Lordship this morning. Or this evening Lord. We desire that you would hold each one of us. With your hand Lord. And allow us to enter into your presence. It is in your presence that we fight perfection. None of us, Lord, is perfect. There is no human being, one born of a woman, Lord, that can be perfect. You are the only one that can qualify to be perfect. For you are the only one that has no sin. The rest of us have sinned. Nevertheless, we are grateful, Lord, that you are willing today to declare us righteous according to your word. Because you paid the price. Father, I pray for each one of us who is here today. Lord, there are things that have entangled us. We are not free, O oh Lord. We are tied because we have not understood the privilege that we have in you. That in you, Lord Jesus, we can be free and be free indeed if we embrace you as the truth and the word that we need. Father, my prayer today is that you would reveal yourself to each one of us tonight. For in you, Lord, there is perfection. In you, Lord, there is peace. In you, Lord, there is healing. In you, Lord, we are complete. And we desire you to complete us. To make us clean. To make us pure in your eyes. To wash us, O oh Lord. For when we come before you, you release grace. You release mercy. You release love. And it is love that you perfect us. I pray tonight that each one of us will understand the kind of love that you have for us. Perfect us, O oh Lord, and make us yours. Tonight, and not only tonight, as we start this new season, O oh Lord, may we never go back to the old. May we continue, Lord, in this journey of perfection. Yes, Jesus. To you, Lord, when you'll come back for us, so that we can be with you where you are. Blessed be your holy name. Tonight we are grateful for each one of us who is here today. We are grateful, Lord, that you have paid the price. We are grateful, everlasting Redeemer, that you understand our needs and our pains. And you are willing to meet all of us. And all those needs, blessed be your holy name.
Jesus. We represent the body of Christ. As a small congregation. Yet in you Lord we are not small. For we represent the body. Father we pray. That the process of perfection. Will not only start here. But it will continue to the entire body of Christ. Starting from this house. Let it spread everlasting redeemer to the nations and to the world so that at the end of it, Lord, your will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed be your holy name. Jesus, we thank you and we bless you. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' Mighty name we pray. Amen.